You are Locked On Mets, your daily New York Mets podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello to all you amazing Mets fans. You're listening to Locked On Mets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. To get this show every day, I need you to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Mets. Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. RockAuto.com. Prior to the game on Tuesday, the Mets were dealt with some bad news as rookie David Peterson hit the IL with shoulder fatigue. Corey Oswalt filled in pretty well, and the Mets ultimately got a victory as the offense really exploded late in that game. I'm going to talk about the game in the first half of the show. Then later on, I want to talk about Brandon Nimmo and Ahmed Rosario, two guys who had big games on Tuesday and have been hitting well as of late. And I also want to get into the state of the Mets rotation as another viable starting pitcher goes down with an injury. Before we get to any of that, though, I'm your host, Ryan Finkelstein. If you want to find any of my work, follow me on Twitter at FinkelsteinRyan. You can also find some of my writing about the Mets at MetsmerizeOnline.com. Now, David Peterson was pitching great for the Mets this year. The rookie came in and was suddenly the number two starter, at least based on performance. He had a 3-1 record through his first four starts and a 2-9-1 ERA. The good news for the Mets is this IL stint is retroactive to August 14th, which means he's eligible to return on the 24th. So that gives you a little window into how long this could be. Might only miss one other turn through the rotation if all things work out and the shoulder feels strong in a couple of days. We thought he would make this start after dealing with that fatigue in his last start on the 13th, where he was pulled after five, but... Here we are, so we'll see what happens. In his place, though, Corey Oswalt pitched pretty well. Gives up five runs his last time out in a relief appearance and three home runs against the Braves, and I think everyone had that in their memory. We're like, okay, what's Oswalt going to give the Mets? In this game, he gave up a leadoff hit, but then picked off Jonathan VR, just some terrible base running, and then from that point on, retired nine men in a row. So gets, you know, 10 outs with ease without any real traffic or worries. The Mets were facing Humberto Mejia, who was that rookie pitcher that they saw 11 days prior. The guy makes his debut after not pitching above a ball, struck out six Mets in two and a third. And it was kind of an embarrassing performance in this game. Mejia went longer, but the Mets got to him in the third inning. Brandon Nimmo homered. Then in the fourth, the Mets really started to get to the young pitcher. J.D. Davis hit a leadoff homer. Michael Conforto walked. Robinson Cano struck out. Pete Alonso fell behind 0-2, but then got a base hit. And then Dominic Smith hit a ground rule double, and suddenly the Mets were up 3-0. In the fourth inning, Oswalt started to struggle, and it is noteworthy that this was his second time through the lineup. He gives up a couple doubles, a base hit as well. 
Ultimately, the Marlins cut the lead to just one run as they scored two. Oswald goes back in the fifth inning, gives up a hit, then strikes out the nine batter. And this is where I like Luis Rojas learning from some mistakes. When Walker Lockett filled in for Jacob deGrom, he got through two times in the lineup and, you know, survived it, didn't give up too many runs. And then Rojas tried to get some length out of the spot starter and it blew up in his face. In this instance, as soon as the Marlins lineup turned over for a third time, Rojas went to the pen. Didn't mess around with it. Got Justin Wilson in the game. Wilson got the Mets out of that inning in the fifth. Went on to get two outs in the sixth. Ends up giving up a hit. They pull him in favor of Jared Hughes. Hughes allows a hit as well, but escapes without allowing a run. So all told, the Mets bullpen though pitched really well. And it has been a strength for this team. So Rojas needs to go off of that and rely on his bullpen. When you have Oswalt starting or even Gazelman or Lockett, whoever it is, the guys that you don't trust, which is a lot of them, don't try to get too much. If you get five out of your starting pitcher and you have a lead, or hell, if you get four out of your starting pitcher and you have a lead, when you have a bullpen that is firing on all cylinders and is pretty deep right now, you got to turn the ball over to them. I would much rather see the Mets try to get length out of starters or their worst relievers in games they're already losing. If you have a lead, you got to grasp onto it and make sure you pick up as many W's as possible because what we're seeing is a W really matters in this 60-game season. And the Mets just win two in a row against the Marlins. Suddenly, they look like they're right back in this division. So I really did like that decision by Rojas. It really looked like the bullpen was going to have to keep pitching well to hold the lead from the Mets, but the game started to break open in the seventh inning when Ahmed Rosario hit a bomb of a home run, ended up being 434 feet with 107.8 exit velo off the bat. That was a huge confidence booster for Rosario. He kind of pimped the home run a bit, and I think it was one of those moments where it was like, all right, there we go. There's my swing. And if you find it against the Marlins and a shoddy bullpen, well, hopefully that momentum carries over. And we saw that with Rosario later on in the eighth inning. The Mets end up putting together a big rally in the eighth. J.D. Davis started things off by grounding out. But from there, Michael Conforto got hit by a pitch. Robinson Cano got another extra base hit, dumping a double into right field. The Marlins made an interesting move as they intentionally walked Pete Alonso, which, if I'm the manager, probably wouldn't have done. I understand the logic. You have one out, double play ball gets you out of the inning. But Pete Alonso has been striking out a lot this year. I know he had the two-home run game, but I would have tried to strike out Alonso, and then you could always put Dom on first base, who's been the better hitter. Instead, they intentionally walk Pete. They end up walking Dominic Smith with the bases loaded. That puts another runner across. And then Ahmed Rosario, with that confidence, comes up with the bases loaded and gets a big clutch base hit. Two runs scored. The Mets are now up 7-2. Tomas Nito strikes out. But then with two outs, Nimmo comes up, gets a clutch hit. The Mets were ahead 8-2 after the top of the eighth. Now, Don Matanzas pitched a clean eighth inning, gave up a hit. Edwin Diaz came on to pitch the ninth. Got into a little bit of trouble. Got some Mets fans' hearts pumping. Gave up three hits and a run, but ultimately struck out three batters 
and escaped the self-inflicted damage, and the Mets got a victory. So, all told, great win for the Mets. When we get back in a minute, going to talk about Ahmed Rosario and Brandon Nimmo, and also the state of the starting rotation. Now, if you are going to repair or maintain your car, the goal is to save some money. So why would you choose to spend 30%, 50%, maybe even 100% more for the exact same auto parts at a chain store or new car dealership? Instead, go to rockauto.com, a family business serving auto parts to customers online for 20 years. They have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tan lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. The rockauto.com catalog is unique and remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly see all the parts available for your car and choose the brand specifications and prices that you prefer. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection. Reliably low prices. All the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Now let's talk about Ahmed Rosario because he's had a pretty up and down season with more down than up and I have been a pretty loud voice advocating for Andres Jimenez to get more playing time and maybe even at the expense of Rosario. And he starts off this year, Rosario does, and he was pretty hot in the first, say, seven to eight games. Then he begins to slump and suddenly he gets injured. He's out of the lineup. This rookie phenom's in his place and playing great in the field and getting hits and hitting over 300. And when he comes back from the injury, Rosario continued that slump. So his numbers are not good, okay? There's no getting around that. A 224 average, the same on base percentage because he has not drawn a walk this year. 355 slugging percentage. This is not a good slash line. But over the last two days... He's gone 4 for 9 with 3 RBIs, a double, and a homer. And in this game in particular, on Tuesday, starts the game 0 for 3 and then ends up having a really good night. And I think the ability now to sleep on that, to sleep on the home run, the big clutch hit with runners in scoring position after he struggled in those spots so much this year, that's going to build confidence for this guy going forward. And as I mentioned earlier on, the Marlins don't have the best pitching staff. Good. Feast on it now. And hopefully you build your confidence up. You're seeing the ball better when you face the Yankees and a better pitching staff over the weekend. It's just that simple. And I think when you look at this team, and like I said, I've been on the Jimenez bandwagon, okay? The guy's fun to watch. At the same time, Rosario is a veteran at this point. He has a couple full seasons under his belt and the ability now to ride these ways of a season, whereas Jimenez is still really fresh, really raw. We're not sure if he can really sustain it. So if Ahmed Rosario can continue to play well, I think it's obvious that he's the starting shortstop. And the one thing I will say, because we do rave about the defense of both Jimenez and Luis Guillerme, for that matter, Ahmed Rosario has played a good shortstop this year. I can't you know, have any complaints with what he's done defensively. 
And particularly from where he came in the first half last year to where he is now, he's a good shortstop. So as much as I've talked about his struggles, maybe this is a little bit of a turning point for Rosario in his season. And the Mets can really use him because let's not forget, this guy drove in over 70 RBIs last year, mostly hitting at the bottom of the order. So that is a valuable player for the Mets. Now Brandon Nimmo is on a different level right now as far as what he's done, particularly over the last 10 days. In this game, he is a double away from the cycle. Goes 3-for-5 with a homer, the triple, and a single, had two RBIs. Right now, his on-base percentage is at 431. That's the ninth best mark in the National League. He's drawn 22 walks, the most in the National League. He's also second behind Carlos Santana for the most in all of baseball. He is tied in eighth right now with 18 runs scored. And you look at this 10-day sample. He was hitting 217 on August 8th. He has now raised his average up to 253. He's gone 11 for 37 over these 10 games, which is good for a 297 batting average. He's drawn nine walks, has one double, two triples, and two home runs. And with that, the five extra base hits. Here is the shocking number with Nimmo. His slugging percentage has gone from 326 to 482. That is a massive improvement. And now his OPS is over 900. So Brandon Nimmo at a leadoff spot has just been an outstanding player dating back to 2018 when he had his big season. And then in September of 2019, and we're seeing it again this year. I don't know if he is your center fielder of the future, but if the Mets can get a really good center fielder in there in the next couple years, Brandon Nimmo can be a damn good left fielder for years to come who can play really good defense and left and be a great table setter for you. If you look at his career arc and go back to 2017, when a lot of people were writing him off, and we'll throw Dominic Smith in there too. Some of these young players that were first-round picks out of high school with the Mets have really come on over the last two years, and it shows you should never really give up on a player until they've gotten the real run at the big league level. And luckily for the Mets, they've seen amazing growth out of both Brandon Nimmo and Dominic Smith. Now let's look ahead to the rest of this series. Jacob DeGrom's going to start on Wednesday against Pablo Lopez. Lopez is a good pitcher. This is not some guy that's getting thrust into action because of COVID. He has been in the Marlins rotation all year, has a 2-2-5 ERA, 19 strikeouts, and 16 innings pitched. So this is going to be a tougher matchup than the Mets have faced thus far in this series. Of course, Jacob DeGrom has been great this year. He's won his last two starts, has a 2-4-5 ERA, and 28 strikeouts in 22 innings pitched. Obviously, you like the Mets in this matchup, but... After scoring, what was it, 17 runs over the last two games, I'm a little bit concerned about the Mets getting run support for DeGrom. They've won two in a row for him when he's on the mound. Let's see if they can make that three, and preferably putting another win in DeGrom's career column. This leaves us with Thursday's game against the Marlins. Right now, no starter has been announced. But if you look at the active roster, it's basically going to be Walker Lockett or Steven Matz. If I'm the Mets, 
I'm rolling with Steven Matz. And particularly because this is a lineup with the Marlins that Matz should be able to pitch well against. He's going in a big ballpark, although they did move those fences in again at Marlins Park. It's still a pitcher's ballpark, and there isn't a lot of guys in the Marlins that are going to go yard. I mean, you have to worry about Jesus Aguilar. He's got some pop and maybe even Brian Anderson. But overall, there's not a lot of guys that can hurt Matz with a long ball, and that's been his biggest problem this year. So I would say go out, see if you can get a nice start in where Matz can build up his confidence. And also because Walker Lockett, to me, is too much of a 4A pitcher for this Marlins lineup. I know Matz hasn't pitched well, but I feel like Lockett is the type of guy that could get rocked by the Marlins. And when I'm deciding between those two, I still go with Matz, even knowing that he has a 9 ERA in the season. Assuming he does make the start, the Mets rotation now looks like this. Jacob DeGrom, Steven Matz, then Rick Porcello, Robert Gazelman, and Corey Oswald. Not the best group. Not the group we thought we would see when you were looking at an offseason where Noah Syndergaard and Marcus Stroman were still factored into the mix. We'll see if maybe Michael Waka can return and replace either Gazelman or Oswald. And of course, hopefully Peterson stint on the IL is not that long either. And the Mets can get back to their opening day rotation. But right now, they're going to have to rely on the offense and the bullpen to survive. Because outside of DeGrom and maybe even Porcello, I don't know how much length you're getting out of any of these starters. And that's definitely a problem when you're playing without really any off days either. So it'll be interesting to see how this rotation holds up. Luckily, it doesn't have to hold up over 162 games because I don't think it could. Now, finally, before we close, looking at the NL East after the Mets have won these last two games, only three games separate first place and fifth place in the NL East. The Braves are still in first. The Marlins are in second. The Phillies are in third. The Mets are a game behind the Phillies and two games behind the Marlins. If they win tomorrow, they will be a game within second place. So that shows you what this season's all about with these teams playing each other all the time, that also is going to create a lot of parity in this division. As always, thank you for listening. Please remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You can also tell your smart device to play Podcast Locked on Mets.